0: This is One Heat Minute.
1: Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. These look like gang bangers, working the local 7-Eleven to you. Robbery, homicides, take me out. Give me all you got! Give me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. Trying to stop guys like me
0: a podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's L.A. crime opus, Heat, one minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to One Heat Minute. I am very thrilled and pleased to be joined once again by film critic extraordinaire, writer for The Guardian, author... Of Miller and Max, the untold history of the Mad Max universe. Um, that's not the real title, but that's what I call it. His name is Luke Buckmaster. Luke, thank you so much for coming back onto One Heat Minute. Thank you very much for having me, Blake. It's, uh, it's wonderful to be here again. <laughs> and we're talking about a really cool minute. We are in the previous minute to this one, you would have seen, which is the um, 35th minute, you would have seen it ends right here with Kelso telling Neil McCauley it's a bank. And that's the only words that have been spoken in this scene so far. We've heard about Kelso. Neil is like, immediately after finishing the heist, he's like, 9 a.m. tomorrow, he's ready to go on this heist, like minutes after having done the previous one.
1: And it speaks partly to the efficiency of the script. It's a bank. It's Although a, having said that, I mean, how many other things are you going to rob if you're a very inc- impressive criminal <laughs> I mean, It's probably going to be a bank, but this is a very efficient way of saying it.
0: Exactly. So we're going to listen to this minute of De Niro and Kelso talking. And then also what you're going to see in this minute is we've heard about selling the bearer bonds back to Roger Van Sant, who's played by William Fichtner, and Nate is going to set that up. And we actually get to sort of see... How successful that may or may not be. So, this is a like this. When we were talking, Luke helped us kick this bad boy of a podcast. Also, thank you, sir, for being a part of that. It's a pleasure. Absolute and, pleasure. And um, as you would have heard, Joe Lynch has referred to you as one of the three drunken madmen. I appreciate it immensely. Yeah, yeah.
1: I hope to also be a madman around Joe in person at some stage. Oh, we'd love to. If he's to. listening, I, dude, I'm going to track you down. Where does he live? In LA? In or, LA. In oh, LA. I'm, next time I go to LA, we're going to party. Yeah, exactly right. So that's what you got got
0: to look forward to, Joe. So we're going to watch this minute. We're going to hear about this high C um, the kind of guy that Kelso is and, and it's just see another weird and wonderful part of LA that is kind of unexplored in many other movies And we're also going to hear from uh, Figner and Nate and uh, then Luke and I are going to come back and unpack it for you
1: It depots cash on Thursday for distribution to all the other branches to cover Friday payroll checks So on Thursdays, the command branch has got a full whack And the prowler strong Strong through the front door How many guys? Uh... Four or three plus a driver, you walk in, you knock them over, you walk out. And you want 100,000 advance against a 10% cut for that? Uh Uh-huh. Sounds like an address to a cowboy score. They hit the hold-up alarms. I got to get out of there before the cops show. What is that? They hit three hold-up alarm systems. Two telco and a cellular. See, but the signals aren't going anywhere because, see, the night before, you cut in and trick out the alarm system computer to turn itself and the video recorders off 20 minutes before you walk in the door. Architectural, electrical, engineering plans. I got it. I got schematics, I got the boards already built that go straight into the CPU. What's the estimate? Was that already a minute? One minute. Wow, that went by so quickly. Exactly. So quickly. And Tom Noonan a... has an amazing kid I mean, he, and <laughs> he does. I know because I have one myself. So no qualms in saying. And,
0: that. and also, Tom Noonan is like a big. He's he's such a massive guy in his normal life. Tom Noonan, and it's such an interesting. That And Michael Mann used him previously in He's such
1: a big, That's dominant, right. yeah, huge, yeah, huge yeah. guy.
0: And so here he's he's Kelso, yeah, the guy ex- who's... actor, lactor ex and, and debilitated now. He's in a wheelchair. He's got even a little... He's got like a little grabby stick arm um, there to pick up things. But sitting out on his porch or balcony with Neil, talking through this stuff. And it's just a great, great little sequence. And it tells you so much about Neil asking. He's like, is it strong or on the prowl? And... He's asking all these details, sort of vetting vetting Tom Noonan's character. But he, he's got all the answers. Yeah, it's a vignette about a businessman.
1: I mean, this is a yeah. guy who is cutting deals and looking at all the angles. Yeah. You know, it sort of reminds me a little bit of um, Carlito's way with El yes. Pacino. The, yes. the, the character who sees all the angles. And this is a guy who, yeah, it's kind of like... And, and we've seen this from De Niro before and after... I think it may be Casino or something yeah. like that, where he's a very wise, astute character who's kind of got this sort of almost fatalistic view of human life, as in, you know, we all live, we all eat, we all die. Yes. Um, but on the on the way out, we're going to be cutting all sorts of deals and making sort of all sorts of noise. And one of the things I think that's cool about this is
0: he he respects... I like this interaction because he respects Kelso enough to not bullshit him. Like, he's very forthright. right? He's like, it yeah, sounds like yeah, a cowboy yeah. score. And, and so there's no... Uh, like, you find that people are more cordial <laughs> when they're being disrespectful. But here, it's like, this sounds like a cowboy score. You know, I'm going to go in there and the alarms are going to blow and the cops are going to show up. And, like, he's even at this moment... You heard him before in a previous minute with Nate go, you know... Um, th- why do I want one of his scores I got my own scores but Kelso here before we hear the estimate he's got everything you know he's he's got every angle of this score it sounds like it's an appetizing thing and Tom Noonan doesn't seem phased by De Niro posing these questions to him as well which is a really cool thing you know and, and for such a great actor to like hold
1: his own it's really good yeah yeah that's right yeah yeah, Neil's got this sort of ability to cut to the chase throughout the whole of this film. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, he actually has got quite a astute sort of sense of, uh, not compassion, I was going to say compassion, that's, that's probably a little bit wrong, but re- there's like a mutual respect. Yes. And I think it, in, in Heat, it, it does go beyond a gangster respect. Yeah. Yes. And also, to mentioned Casino too, I think it goes beyond a gangster respect there. You can kind of see through people. It's almost like when he's looking at somebody's face and body structure, he's, he's looking at your bones and sort of maybe even examining your soul. <laughs> yes. But but he's seeing through people and also judging their professionalism, which is partly what makes Neil such an interesting character. And Noonan here is,
0: you know, he's an unassumingly proficient um source of a job as well because like when neil's posing these sort of aggressive you talk businessman, you know the suit everything it's very you know you can see he's probably got i imagine that neil like batman has like an entire wardrobe of gray suits and white shirts that are that's all that's fine all to prefer- that's, it's yeah. the th- only thing that he's wearing except for work stuff and jeans that go to yeah the chest <laughs> almost 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 and So you've got Tom Noonan, who's just, like, unfazed, sitting there. Yep, this is this, this is that, that's this. And there's such a... I would say like a casual confidence in his performance that you've got that. But what we're looking at here, and this is what I love, just the layout of Tom Noonan's sort of organized mess. On the inside, you've got scanners, you've got radar, you've got multiple computer screens, you've got a TV screen playing behind him, you've got filing yeah, cabinets. And I
1: wonder what that TV screen, I think it's a CNN. Yeah, it's like a CNN bulletin. There's t- like there's a two, CNN two, board, you can yeah, see there's two talking, talking heads. heads yeah, yeah, a couple yeah. of talking Couple of talking heads, sure. I did notice that when we were watching it. It's um,
0: and so and that's and then it's sort of happening live. They're sort of having a a, while they're doing this conversation while they're doing the conversation. So, two talking heads as these guys are going through, it's intercutting between both of them and it's getting closer. And there is a sort of green that we've got the green, but we've also got the industrial. That's the you know, that's that sort of strange mix in this is that and you've got a very casual unassuming sort of guy tracky pants you know his his shoes aren't put on right because he's obviously a um, you know disabled guy in this in this scene and it's it's sort of it's it's this weird mix again of organic you've got the cold this is this is back to the suit the suit's very gray and dark here and then you've got the green behind him Neil always out of place unless it's concrete basically um and he's sitting here and but it's even his body language in here, thirty-five minutes, twenty-five seconds. He he's he kind of De Niro holds his right arm at the base of the back of the chair, and he's leaning in in a very dominant position at the table. Like he's leaning in, and it's sort of leaning forward. It's almost like a I don't know. It's like an aggressive yoga stance or something. Like he can't yeah. he can't he can't yeah. be passive and sit straight up and down. He's leaning yeah. in,
1: and I think that's one of the strengths of. De Niro's sort of oeuvre, if you like, or yeah. his his style certainly in most of his films before he, yes. arguably turned quite <laughs> quite bad um, in many ways in his later career. Yes, um, uh, but you know that sort of smug confidence. It's sort of like he's sort of weighing up the scene every moment. Yes, I mean, you know he's such a great dramatic actor because he's uh, intimidating but also sort of coolly intelligent. Yes, and when you take that away then you can get, you know, sort of um, homage to what used to have been in terms of this kind of caricature of seriousness, which ends up, you know, with the intern recently (laughs) or meet the parents or something (laughs) like that. So it's it's basically like a send-up of his greatness. Yes. And to his credit, he's, you know... Prepared to sort of have a joke at his own expense, yes. Uh, But this is sort of, I don't know, this is at his peak. This is where, yeah, I was about to say, like, where do you put position this in the De Niro uh, body of work? I think this is around the uh, I don't want to sort of say, no,
0: I, I, I love, I think the very best work he's ever done, and I would probably argue just for pure effortlessness might be Goodfellas. Like I think Goodfellas, Heat, Taxi Driver, they're all in the conversation for me. Raging Bull, you know, is, is so unbelievable, but it's, it's, I don't know. There's so many, like there's probably three it's or hard. Th- man, it's it's three, episode, there's three yeah. or four or five performances that usually hover around that. I think, casin- yeah. uh, you know, for me, Casino, Goodfellas, Heat, um, Taxi Driver and Raging Bull, so four of those are with Scorsese, sort of orbit his greatness. And I think if if you put any of those almost against any other performance from a leading actor in probably the last couple of, you know, in the last 50 years, you've got a really tough conversation. And then for me, the other, I I really enjoy um, The Godfather Part 2 is just another sublime performance as well. And so... Uh, yeah it's it's super diff- it's yeah, so it difficult it's so difficult it's very very hard it's yeah. really hard but, yeah. but here for me one of the things I like about De Niro so early on he's a guy who's not physically intimidating but this is around the Cape Fear era so this is Neil one thing I love about De Niro's character even as opposed to Pacino is here he's a very physically dominating presence so when you look at him now like when you see his shirt off in another scene with Amy Brenneman later he's pretty cut like he's very physical and so when he's running through the airport later or running through the heist it's extremely believable that this guy can will and they are you know whatever their assault rifle um, um, and, and take out cops and so I kind of think that's a a slightly different bent to his performances than previously because he's not relying on physicality. Like Raging Bull does have the physicality element, but then it has the what happens when you soften that too. Yeah, yeah, I
1: think that's pretty much right. Yeah, Yeah, but, you know, I think in this sort of performance, well, specifically in this performance. Yeah. Um, he's kind of got the cut of it, almost like a CEO. Yes. It's not like a raging bull No uh, situation. It's not The Rock.
0: Let's, it's not The Rock. He's not up at 3am no. pumping in the gym, but he's fit because he need for his work, he needs to be relatively fit.
1: Yeah. 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 He's He's got a sort of, uh, his face is often wearing a sort of con- combination of um, condemnation and some sort of quizzical sort of thing. It's like, are you serious? Yeah. Are you playing with me right now? <laughs> yeah. And, and then particularly
0: in this scene. And you love like that... And Noonan... And I, this is what I love about the... Co- so, great beard. An unbelievably good beard from Tom great Noonan here. 35 minutes, 29 Backers. seconds. What's great about some of the complimentary performances... I remember you were one of the first people that really shouted out to me... Like 70 odd speaking roles in this movie. And Tom Noonan here there's so many great big performances. You've got De Niro, Pacino, obviously the main crew, uh, you know, Ashley Judd, you know, um, Val Kilmer. But Tom Noonan's in this movie for a few minutes. And he is not only a fantastic character actor in his own right that's done amazing work, you know, um, with uh, particularly with Charlie Kaufman and did it with Man earlier and with Manhunter. But this is a guy who just exudes a level of confidence that uh, this is, makes me sort of really relish heat and relish Michael Mann as a filmmaker because he could have just gotten any anyone, really, to play this role, but he chooses such a dynamic and a guy who can carry an entire film as a villain for two minutes to deliver the scene because he knows how important it is for these actors to perform off of these really powerhouse performers like De Niro and Pacino in the middle. And so you've got him here, and he's just... he. I love about Tom performance is that he's just like a catcher's mitt. You know, he's like, De Niro is all that dominance. And he's just like, yeah, there are three hold up alarms and I know exactly what they do. And if you do this job for me, I'll teach you how to make them talk to themselves and turn the video recording off, which I know you haven't even mentioned yet, but I'll turn it off 15 minutes before you even go in the bank. So they don't even know who you are. Yeah.
1: Yeah, indeed.
0: And so that's what's so great about Tom Noonan in this performance is that it's just like. I can I can hold a candle. I can I can sit in front of De Niro and not be intimidated, and that's what I think is so excellent.
1: Yeah, it's a vast concrete playground in in heat and and, and happening sort of behind like, him in this exact frame as well. That's right. Yeah, we can sort of see the city unfolding. It's like every sort of character is this someone you might sort of walk past on the street or bump into in a car park if you're of a certain industry, but um. You know, it's, it's 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 this expanse of the city, this collection of characters, and and I think the direction at times is quite impersonal. Yes, uh, and so you're basically um, it's not the sort of film that's going to be anchored around one aching protagonist. Its mm. its ambitions are much broader than that, and, mu- and and in a sense much more interesting because he's really canvassing the entire city. So he, he's taken all these great actors, you know, Noonan. Uh, and Val Kilmer and so many other different performing mean, we'll be here for you know, quite a <laughs> few minutes. Let's go eight through eight the eight seventy speaking roles. roles. Yeah, but to have that discipline to actually go well, we're not going to do sort of eight or nine or ten key scenes with these people. It's going to be really when we when we get down to it, it's going to be sort of two or three key moments mm. uh, where these supporting actors have sort of got to strut their hour on the stage and and shine
0: i mean you're you're a long term working film critic how tough is how rare is it to see a director that's so confident that two scenes for someone can do everything they need them to do in a in a film it's pretty like pretty ambitious but pretty also pretty rare that it comes off well, like, yeah, Ed. I think
1: it's pretty ambitious and it is rare. He's obviously uh, not, Michael Mann is not hooking it um, off the strength of a couple of different performances. No. He's really casting the net in, in a lot of ways, like much more widely. Um, and he's also, I think, quite uninterested in, in fleshing out these characters, the supporting characters. To you know, a fine degree, they don't yes. need that. For, we don't. We're not going to go and visit Noonan as he goes home and sort of <laughs> bruise a cup of coffee. No, we, you know, which sounds silly when you say it like that, but that's actually how most movies work. So you do get. Those, you don't. Need, those you don't need see how he lives. got in the wheelchair, how he woke up, how he chose his outfit that morning. Right. That's yeah. that's all yeah. like extraneous detail, or his angst, or um, you know, or his dissatisfaction with his lot in life um everything that needs to be projected is projecting that scene it's, it's actually it's quite a bold way of directing it's certainly a bold way of writing. Um, and it does um, endorse this idea that the city is a is a collection of people yeah uh, and if you and if you consider the city as a collection of people then sort of, from a story pointing, uh, storytelling point of view, everything is up for grabs. It's not just one or two people steering you through a narrative. It's a whole kind of web. And I think uh, in Heat, uh, Michael Mann sort of establishes that and plays with that in very effective ways.
0: And I love his confidence. You know, we're at 35 minutes, 40 seconds. He's happy. Like, he looks like a dad who's picked a kid up from school. Like, I think I've got... I think there's a kid I went to primary school with whose dad has that exact beard with the same level of grey. It's pretty impressive. Well, it's a great beard. Yeah. Let's
1: not beat around the bush. And I think... uh, Beat around the beardy bush. (laughs) And and I think uh, also Noonan has sort of cottoned onto something here. It's like you... And I can speak from personal experience. (laughs) You shave the top of your head, you grow the bottom of your face. Yes. So it creates uh, a contrast between... The hair on your chin (laughs) and the lack of hair (laughs) on your your scalp. (laughs) Not to say it's a good contrast. (laughs) But it's definitely a contrast.
0: And in this film, it's quite striking. And also... He's got a bit of a weird setting here is because we've seen his workspace to an extent, but behind Noonan here in the way that it's framed, he's got this massive satellite dish. And so what folds out in the next minute is like, that's a bit strange, especially like 1995 to watch a guy who's got, you know, in the earlier scene, you sort of see a bit of an aerial space there. And then you know, you've got this massive satellite dish. So it's an unusual setup um, and, and he's is, definitely yeah, exploiting yeah. it. Like, so he's, it, it's, and this is sort necessarily of necessarily notice it. And this is on the cusp of, like, internet being extremely pervasive as well. So, for us now, you know, very, very early on, you've got a guy who's super technically proficient at this. So, it's really interesting to see how it's portrayed in 1995. Yeah. Multiple screens. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Way ahead of its time. Um, So, and... Do you love that he's got a bit of confidence here? He's about to get and 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 I think here when he's talking to Neil and is explaining that I've thought about some of this stuff, Neil sort of leans back for a second. There's a little bit of postulating, mm-hmm. architecture, engineering, blah blah blah. He's just sort of measuring, pressure testing the the specifics, and he's like, "Yeah, I got it all. I got it all." And actually here, this is great. There's a great De Niro face here, 35 minutes, 57 seconds where he's like, where he's like, wow, this guy actually isn't bullshit. His face has completely changed from earlier on in the minute, which is like, I'm intimidating you. I'm like, I'm pressure testing whether you're a BS artist. What's the
1: estimate? And unfortunately, Luke, that's where we finish. his face is great. Um, Can you say we're finished right now? Can I extend just for 10, 20 seconds? No, no, no. I'm saying the minute is finished. Oh, the minute minute Uh, is finished. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So uh, with with De Niro, I think one of the the things about actors, certainly something that I've gleaned from talking to them for 20 years and um, witnessing them, obviously, for longer than that, um, is that there's a certain talent and a certain skill and a certain process of learning whereby an actor um, understands that to get better, they do less. Mm. It's not about doing more work. It's about doing less work. 100%. When you're putting your face on, you know, a screen that, that, that is like five meters wide or projected onto, a you know, a massive wall, minimalism is really the key. Mm. Um, and I wonder, uh, you know... I, I've never interviewed Rob De Niro. I mean, obviously I'd love to, um, but I wonder if he's ever spoken about that because it does seem like something that he has understood from the start. Although his films and his performances uh, and he is one of many examples that are quite explosive, uh, they're explosive in the context of him re- actually registering. If you you know look at his face sort of frame by frame, not a hell of a lot of difference in the sort of register no. of emotions he's actually quite controlled, controlled. crane that eyebrow to you know like hone in a little bit you know squinch your eyes focus yeah really seems to understand that and i just yeah I'm, I'm fascinated to know whether he's ever talked about that he has but you know what's really funny he doesn't actually talk
0: about it about himself he does it in this weird protracted way so what i heard was excellent guys if you haven't seen a film that robert de niro directed called the good shepherd Um, Ah, yes,
1: The Good Shepherd, yeah. An excellent film. film.
0: An interesting and excellent film. I find it excellent. (laughs) Starring Matt Damon. And Matt Damon was actually the one who talked about De Niro telling him to do less and less. And and saying how much of an amazing learning experience it was for Damon as a performer to be directed by De Niro. Because De Niro said to bring, like, anything that was big... No, it did not work. It did not apply. So if you cast your eyes, and I know that, you know, one heat minute is us watching (laughs) watching heat over and over again or potentially putting you down the rabbit hole of a different performer's um, resume. But if you want to check out Robert De Niro, directed The Good Shepherd, has a stellar performance by the rarely seen Joe Pesci in it, has an amazing performance by Matt Damon. I I think I miss Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci is Matt Damon's, like sage advisor in the movie and Matt Damon is as good as Matt Damon ever has been I think in The Good Shepherd. It's one of my favorite Damon performances and he's got a like the Matt Damon's another one of those fantastic performers, really great in a lot of stuff that he does, but in this particular performance and I think, you know, to Luke to Luke's point, it's you see it almost in the way that he teaches other actors. As a director. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that yeah. To bring it back, be close. And it's one of the most, the smallest on the register of performances, performances that Matt Damon gave, and I think one of the richest.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the, the thing about Jay Pesci and Rob De I mean, I'd love to you Oh, my God. I mean, I, oh, yeah, my God, But I'm stuck over that.
0: But, you know, <laughs> and and basically... can, we, can we make an agreement in one heat minute? If... There is ever an opportunity. I'm your assistant or you're my Serious. assistant.
1: That's, it's on the record. Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> that we, was a high five. Will share, you. We will share that.
0: I'm Luke's assistant, ladies and gentlemen, for that interview, just to be in the same Absolutely. room. Absolutely. And oh I, I,
1: I hope that moment will happen. Oh, my God. Who knows whether it will, but I hope it does. The Irishman's coming. The and Irishman's yeah, coming. The Irishman's coming. And Netflix has only spent about 500 million on that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, you know, they're so good as actors that the following thing that I'm about to say is actually a compliment, in that you look at them and you go, if you weren't acting in movies, would you actually be Be Italian mobsters? Yes. Would you be that? And I think... I hope that they would both accept that as a compliment because their films are extraordinary and their performances are incredibly rich. Yes. But they have that scarily realistic element. Yes. It's almost frightening in how effective it is. Uh,
0: This movie frightens me with how much De Niro convinces me that he would take an assault rifle to a bank. of people I thought you were
1: about to say (laughs) take an assault rifle to me
0: (laughs) and and rob my
1: house (laughs) No this podcast
0: but to to a bank full of people he I mean Neil McCauley scares me because he is so once once you're in his sights you know there's a later scene that we're going to talk to which is isn't too too many episodes away from this, where he says the line, you're talking to an empty telephone. I'm talking to an empty telephone because there's a dead man on the end of this fucking line. And you believe that. And if you're the guy on the end of that line, you don't want to be that person. Hang up. Hang up. Um,
1: (laughs) And leave the country. (laughs) And never answer the phone again. Yeah, Yeah. get out of there. Get out of there.
0: Luke Buckmaster... Thank you so much for being part of One Heat Minute again. Thank you so much for being... A privilege and a pleasure. Thank you. For helping me kick this bad boy off. It's growing into a beautiful thing a beautiful obsession it was beautiful from
1: the start (laughs) but but yes ladies and
0: gents if you want to find Luke you can find him at at Luke Buckmaster that leads you off into many things he's on the Daily Review he's on Guardian he's recently on flicks.com.au you can check out a couple of his reviews recently one I recommend strongly is The Snowman which he discovered that Thomas Alfredson only filmed 85% 85% of the script and then cut it together so that is a really fun read in his own words so that's, that's not my interpretation no not his interpretation in that's his own word. words which is scary, but thank you Mr. Buckmaster for joining me Pleasure. guys, thank you again thank you for listening to One Heat Minute, please subscribe rate and review this bad boy on your favourite podcasting app um, you can go to oneheatminute.com to su- subscribe anywhere, whether you're on iTunes or the Stitches of the world and things like that, I am um, Blake Howard, at Batman on Twitter and if you want to mail us anything, you got any news or cool articles or cool reviews of Heat that you've seen before, it's mail at oneheatminute.com, but Thank you so much to Garth for the website design, Paul Davies for our theme, and thank you guys, as always, for listening. I've been Blake Howard. Thank you, Miss Quick Buckmaster.